This Facts and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock 102 Springfield's Class of Rock. It's 534 and REM and Rock 102. Sure is weird how things can change. Uh, yesterday they were telling us about this horrible uh, system coming in, which actually has, um, but that it would bring uh, substantial rains. It's actually probably not going to start raining, possibly, until around noon today. But then a good part of the afternoon will be wet. Just don't know how much of it will get. And uh, also a high today of uh, 71, which is exactly where we are right now in downtown Springfield. I get good and soaked just walking from my car to the front door of this building today. Really? It wasn't oh, raining yeah. when I got in. It was freaking pouring. Yeah. It I, wasn't. It wasn't. I, all I saw was like thunder and lightning when I was leaving the house. Yeah. And by the time I got down to say like Main Street, that's when it started to. That's when it started to pour. Well, I don't know how much uh, time after you get here I get in. But, yeah, by the time I got in, it wasn't, uh, it not only wasn't raining, it really didn't even look like the roads were soaked. Yeah. Well, uh, we got a deluge. Mm-hmm. Short as it may be, it was quite a burst. A deluge? Yes. Absolutely. I've, it was raining sideways. But a deluge. Brief as it may be. Yes, mm-hmm. a deluge. Mm-hmm. Uh this morning, after 8 o'clock, the 84th draft pick in the 1991 draft, Scott Zolak, will be joining us. Patriots season begins this weekend. We'll be talking to Scott every Thursday throughout the uh, the season, so that's coming up later on this morning. And uh, Tom Brady playing tonight, opening up the season with the Buccaneers. Yep, and uh, Judy Matt, I believe, will be calling the, uh, the play-by-play for that game, too. Oh, that'll be sweet. She'll be joining us after 8.50 this morning, and more Franklin County Fair tickets, too. It's 536 on Rock 102. Save yourself 30% on Rock. It's 552 and Don Henley on Rock 102. It's so weird to look at this uh, radar on the Weather Channel. Um, it does 15-minute increments. So it's like 951 this morning. It looks like we're going to get hammered with a storm that's you know moving up the East Coast. And then by 1005, it's gone. Not not past us. It just disappears. Yeah, when you, when you is mean that ha- just not the updated radar? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. When you mean hammered, are you talking about the rain? Or are you talking about we're all doing shots for the rest of the morning? Well, unfortunately, I'm talking about the rain. That's too bad because really kind of looking forward to the shots. Mm. Hey, what do you say we hop right into mm. some Hollywood trash with Steve Nagel Rock 102? You ever tried uh, looking up Matt Damon on social media? No. Well, probably not. But if you did, you wouldn't be able to uh, find him. And there's a reason for that. Matt said, quote, I just never saw the point. And I feel better and better about that decision as time goes on. I understand wanting to be connected to everybody on Facebook, but my life is so full. I'm connected to everybody I need to be connected to. And then Twitter. I just reflectively didn't believe that that was my first knee-jerk response to something was necessary, something that should go all over the world. In other words, he's got Ben Affleck on speed dial. Yeah, but... I agree with everything he says. He does have a private Instagram account that he uses to keep up with friends and family. Mm-hmm. And people found it on Instagram. Oh, it's not that and hard now to he do. had to shut it down. Oh, boy. You can, you can find anyone who's trying to hide online. But how, the, how dumb do you got to be to tell everybody you have a private Instagram account? Everybody's going to want to know, and somebody's going to hack into it. Can you just change it? You can, uh, you can change the name of it. Hmm. Um, but if it's out there... 
and people are and and people have uh, you know they get notifications of every time you put something up. You, you can't hide. You almost have to close it down and start a new one. With can you do that with a fake name? Sure. And then just let your friends and family know it's you. That's right. Oh well, then that's what you should do. You watch this uh, Queen's Gambit show? Uh. You mean that was on previously? Yeah, she was. Yeah, this, but the uh, uh, the chess champion. Yeah, uh, yeah. She uh, and you know Anya Taylor Joy. No, she's she's. The I mom. don't know Joy of any kind. No, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, she's on the. Uh, you know, she's a big deal thanks to the Queen's Gamut, but she has uh, great friends who make sure she doesn't act like she's a big deal. Oh. She says uh, they tease me mercilessly if I even hint at being overworked or stressed. They're like, oh, yeah, honey, it's so sad you have to go get on a big fancy plane and go do whatever. Okay, those are the kinds of friends I would get rid of. Why? Because, because want- they're just too, uh, the, I don't like the attitude. You want people to help, you know, prop you up rather yeah. than take, tear you down. Exactly. Yeah, she's saying they're keeping her grounded. Yeah, grounded. Life, life keeps you grounded. Yeah, all one the dis- foot on the ground keeps you grounded. Yeah, all the disappointments of life, that should be enough. See, Rubber gloves will keep you grounded. Yeah, you got a friend who acts like he's some sort of big shot, uh, and you, you got to knock his ego down a few notches. Yeah, but we have no indication she's even like that. So, you know, her friends might be trying to be preemptive, and uh, in the meantime, they're being snooty about it. I mean, Steve, for example, look at the greatness and wonder of John O'Brien and I, okay? I mean, we could flaunt our fame all over town. And often do. Yeah, and and we'd, we would get... All kinds of consideration for it. And we often do. We don't need anybody to tear us down. No. Hall of Fame broadcasters, for crying aloud. Uh, the devastating attacks of He's 9-11. impressed. I'm not very impressed I at all. I can tell you, aren't yeah. The devastating attacks of 9-11 inspired movies, TV shows, and even video games to make creative changes. Someone at The Wrap put together a list of those changes. You ready for some of the highlights? Yes. Sure. An early trailer of 2002's Spider-Man depicted uh, Spidey catching a helicopter between the Twin Towers. The, oh whole, the whole scene was cut, mm. and a scene of Spider-Man hanging off a flagpole with the American flag was added. Oh and then uh, images of the World Trade Center were taken out of Sex in the City, Men in Black 2, Armageddon, uh, Kissing Jessica Stein, Zoolander, The Sopranos, and Serendipity. What I always... Uh, what you wonder, though, now with these things, although... When you see these older movies or you see these new shows based on old times, you know, and they they get all of these 40, 50-year-old cars, uh, wardrobe. They make the actors look like they're they're acting from, uh, say, the 30s or 40s. Eventually, we're going to start seeing shows like that from the 80s, and they're going to probably need to put those towers uh, back in to backup background scenes. Which I'm sure they can do with CGI. Actually, but I think they've, they've already done that in some shows. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sesame Street had added storylines that included a grease fire at Mr. Hooper's that traumatized Elmo and Big Bird dealing with a xenophobic pen pal. A grease fire was changed because of 9-11? No, this is a different no, story. They added, oh, oh. added storylines that included the grease. No, this is for the 9-11 thing. Oh. This, they added storylines that included a grease fire at Mr. Hooper's uh, that traumatized Elmo and Big Bird dealing with a oh, xenophobic pen oh, pal. Oh. So the terrorists caused the grease fire. Yes. And Elmo yes. stopped giggling. Yeah. And Big Bird flew himself right into the into side the of Mr. Tower. Hooper's yeah. door. Yeah. Which is amazing because I don't believe he's a bird of flight. 
but that's that, that's what the he was a he's a kamikaze bird. Yeah, he yeah. just jumped off another building <laughs> and into the air. Jamie Lee Curtis thinks Halloween kills speaks to the current time. She said, "Quote: We're a divided world, and I think evil is seemingly winning a bit lately." I hope that this film is as much a mirror to the world as it is entertainment for people who love movies. This is what? Another Halloween movie. 15th installment of the original? Uh, it's 14th, but yeah. still. Yeah. Well, no. How many Friday the 13th were there? 13. I don't think there were. You're just making that up. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk uh, is back to work on Better Call Saul a little over a month after suffering a heart attack on the set. He says, quote, so happy to be here and living this specific life surrounded by such good people. Did you guys watch like the fi- that last season of the show? No. Mm, I don't think so. It seemed to have tied everything up right at the point where Breaking Bad was about to begin. So it's like, well, what else could they possibly do? What else is there left to do on Maybe this I show? Maybe I see it. I mean, I liked it. I mean, I, I thought it's a great show, but it's like it kind of tied it all together. I'm thinking, well, what loose ends are there mm. still to tie? No, I didn't see it. Uh, oh, wait this- a minute. I might have. I don't know. Hmm. Well, you have time to uh, catch up. Well, but that's just it. I wouldn't even know where to start. Episode just- one would be a good place. No, I know. <coughs> Excuse me. I know I, know I, st- I know I started the season. Uh, the final season. I just don't remember how far I went. Uh, Miss America is trying to modernize again. The organization says it's going to, quote, define women's wellness as being based on optimal health rather than physical appearance. Whatever the hell that means. It so means it'll be ugly women. Well, they'll all be wearing masks and yeah. six feet apart. I don't want to watch it anymore if you're not going to show that bathing suit competition. Exactly. Steve, that's sexist. Woman is far more than just a bathing suit. Yes, the entire idea of parading women around on stage for you to judge them by their looks no, is Steve, sexist. Steve, you're judging them by their uh, by their talent, by their uh, their personalities, and mm. by their intelligence. That's why it's all about the scholarships. I don't know about no, that. No, that's that's not it at all. And that is your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh yeah. Having a hankering for some good local pub? No. Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock-solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As many of you know, we are just a few short months away from enjoying 44 different college football bowl games this season. From December 18th to January 10th, you're going to watch them all. From the Rose Bowl to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl to the Duke's Mayo Bowl to the College Football National Playoff Championship, which will be played between the two winners of the Cotton and Orange Bowl at the Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. And I have every intention of watching all of them. All of them except one. Folks, it is with great sadness that I announce today that the 2021 Red Box Bowl has been canceled for the second year in a row. You might recall the Red Box Bowl from its previous historic incarnations, such as the Foster Farms Bowl, the Fight Hunger Bowl, the Craft Fight Hunger Bowl, the Emerald Bowl, the Diamond Walnuts Bowl, and in its original form, the San Francisco Bowl. Last year, as you might recall, the game was canceled because of some alleged international public health crisis. This year, however, the game is saddled with an inability to find a national television contract. 
And oh yeah, there's still an alleged international public health crisis going on too. But organizers were willing to overlook those problems. They cannot, on the other hand, sell sponsorships for a game that cannot be seen on television. And so, the Red Box Bowl has officially been scrapped. Now, it has almost been two years since many of us have enjoyed the majesty and pageantry of the annual Red Box Bowl traditions. What happens next year is anyone's guess. Does it come back next year? Does it come back under a different name with a different agenda? And will there be a television network willing to give it all the love and attention that it so much deeply deserves? These are questions that almost nobody can answer. All I can tell you is I feel like a little part of me has died inside today knowing that one of my favorite college football games has vanished, leaving me with only 44 other games still remaining. But it's not gonna be the same. No, not without the red box. It's just not gonna be the same at all. But hey, and never mind yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know there's a lot of fancy gas grills out there, but the New York Times top two picks for gas grills, both Webers. They're built right, price right, no need to get fancy, just get yourself a Weber. The best deal in gas grills happening right now at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back, that's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 612 and ACDC and Rock 102. We could see some rain today. It could be heavy as well at some times uh, with a high of 71. It is 69 right now in downtown Springfield. After 8 o'clock this morning, number 16, Scott Zolak will be joining us uh, to talk about Patriots football, which uh, begins this week on, on uh, Sunday, which you'll hear on Rock 102 against the Miami Dolphins. And then Judy Matt from the Spirit of Springfield will join us uh, later on the 8 o'clock hour to talk about the 911 memorial. Which is happening uh, tomorrow night. I uh, I accidentally said yesterday that it was going to be on Saturday because Saturday is September 11th, but it's happening tomorrow night. So it's it's on the 10th. All right. A lot of, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of talk about mold uh, in different places. One of them is, uh, and, and there's also obviously a, a, a great apprehension to have to go back to remote learning. Uh, people want to be back in the classroom but if the classroom can't be in the school maybe it could be somewhere else uh south hadley high school has not opened yet because they have a mold problem and i don't know exactly what's taking so long to get rid of it but something is because now south hadley officials are at the point of considering a different place to go to to open school have uh, any number of places. They have the Mass Mutual Center, Elms College, the Holyoke Mall, uh, Holyoke Community College, nearby public schools, Mm -hmm. church facilities, and portable classrooms, which would be put right on the campus of the high school, which to me makes the most amount of sense because if you're going to have sports and you're going to have buses, you know, buses trying to get high school kids in and out of someplace like the Holyoke Mall, does not sound like it would be very easy. No, not really. But I also uh, know that many school systems have adopted the technology that allow teachers to teach remotely. Well, I just I opened up by saying that, but nobody wants to do that this year if they don't have to. So, you know, they would rather go somewhere else yeah, than but do this, the remote learning. See, this is the thing I don't really understand about this because they've done it. They They know how to do it. Other school systems have kind of uh, blazoned the trail. What I don't understand is... These are an emer- this is an emergency situation. This is these are these are special circumstances. So mm-hmm. 
is it a matter of you need to get you know all the laptops and everything else to the freshmen of the high school, and maybe that's the slowdown, or is it something different? Because or, it shouldn't be that difficult to temporarily go back to a remote learning situation. Or is it because it's much worse than they have led us to believe? For instance, uh, the trial court yesterday held a virtual town hall session, and they basically said... It's all good, except these three little places in the building. Uh, the rest of the building is fine to go back to work in. Uh, Anthony Galuni, the district attorney, is doing his best uh, his best Sarah Palin impersonation, saying, let's not put lipstick on a pig here. We need a new courthouse, and the process has to begin immediately. So he, along with the Register of Deeds, Cheryl Coakley Rivera, say, they're still not going to go back. Galuni says he's not going to go back full time. But what I heard on 22 News last night was, but he will have staff in there for uh, trials and hearings and, and things like that. But at least the DA and the Register of Deeds are doing that mutiny thing we were talking about yesterday. Because a lot of other people who work in the courthouse are saying, okay, we'll go back, even though... They're not satisfied with the report that the trial court presented yesterday, and they feel that the trial court doesn't have any sense of urgency I don't on think this they, issue. I think he's right. I don't think they do. I don't think they have any idea how bad it is. Mm-hmm. Because, listen, if the DA is saying that this building is unusable, I'm going to have to believe him because— yeah. There's nothing that guy likes more than taking people to trial. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's yep. he was elected for that purpose. Yeah, and here he is you know, trying to take an important stand uh, for what boils down to a public safety issue. And the, the trial court, they're not there every day. They don't know what's going on with that building. They're not there any day. Exactly. So, mm. I mean, they could send uh, like a mold remediation specialist to go and assess the problem. But even then, you're you're not dealing with you know the major problem. You still have areas of that building that are contaminated with mold. Maybe not 100 percent of the building, but enough to suggest that business should not be done there. Well, and also the biggest line I heard from 22 News is that this this company that issued this report that went into the courthouse and checked the place out and said it's it's all good in here except for these three areas didn't check. The ventilation system didn't check the air ducts throughout the building. That would seemingly be one of the single sources of uh, of mold or the creation of mold would be the ventilation system. If you're not checking the air ducts, how do you know everything is okay? And I'm not saying this with any kind of knowledge no. of uh, of mold or mold uh, removal but even if even if they don't check the ductwork is anyone doing like an air quality test of that building that that I think they're doing but but I'm but not they sure done, but have they released any of that information yet? I, I don't I don't I haven't seen the report I'm not <clears throat> going to read it either even if I did see it um, oh no! You got to sit down and curl up. Oh, with, no, no. with a good environmental report. I love. Okay. I love doing that. Having like an international cup of coffee and looking at, uh, at the uh, <laughs> an industrial documents. Mm-hmm. The other thing that that makes this a little bit more confusing, as there always is something. You heard a couple of weeks ago, the governor got cornered in a press conference when he came out here, asked, uh, you know, whether or not he 
could do something to close this place down or have a new courthouse built. His response was, the building belongs to the trial court. It's out of my hands. I can't do anything about it. According to the article on Mass Live this morning, uh, Joe Wagner, Representative Joe Wagner at Chicopee, first of all, called that Zoom meeting yesterday underwhelming and echoed Galuni's observations of the lack of urgency. Mm-hmm. But Joe Wagner says he has also conferred with uh, the governor and that there are jurisdictional issues that should be sorted out. The trial court, according to Joe Wagner, has purview over the judicial branch. But the Division of Capital Asset Management and Maintenance oversees all state buildings, and they report to the governor. The appropriation of money to fix any building is going to happen through an act of the legislature with the support of the governor. All right, but is, it one, but is it one of those things where the trial court would have to be the one to request the money? I don't know. See, no. this, is the, this is the problem when it comes to rules and laws that seem to contradict each other because mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it happens all the time at the local level, state and federal, because you have situations all over the place where one law appears to almost supersede another law, which says something entirely different. Or so everything you, is just an onion. There's just all these layers that you need to start peeling back in order to be able to understand what's going on. Right. But when it comes to a situation like this, where there's a there's a, uh, a a jurisdictional ambiguity, which is really what you're talking about. Uh, you know, it seems silly to me that where everyone's pointing fingers at the other guy uh, or the other you know entity and saying, "Well, it's your responsibility." Well, it should be a responsibility of the governor and the trial court to be working together rather than saying, "Well, it's not my job." Look at them. And it also should be somewhere clearly in writing. And if this is, and if Joe Wagner's right about this, you know, the trial court has purview over the judicial branch, but we have a division of capital asset management and maintenance, which oversees all state buildings, all of them. So they're the ones who actually need to decide whether or not to fix or build a new courthouse, and their money is appropriated through the legislature with the support of the governor. So the governor's attempts to wipe his hands from this. Seems a little uh, a little suspect, yeah. Just it, as uh, it does in the case of the soldiers' home. Just gonna lay it out there. They you know, maybe it might be time to talk to the governor again. Oh, I'm sure we'd get to the bottom of it that way. No, of course we wouldn't. But at least we put him on on uh, on the spot and yeah. have him you know worm or weasel his way out of that question too. He could he can easily do it with us. If, if there was somebody uh, out there who knew what they were talking about. Yeah, but you know, if you were being like prompted by a guy with as much weight and power as a Joe Wagner, yeah, I, don't uh, I don't think the governor has any idea who he's dealing with. Yeah. Well, I'm sure now he does. I mean, Wagner's got some pull, man. Yeah. I mean, that, guy, that guy's powerful. It, it, it He'd lift be... the governor right over his head. Yeah, without even thinking about it. That's right. So, yeah, this uh, this uh, virtual town meeting yesterday with the trial court apparently not very well received. Um, it is funny, though, in the article, and I didn't necessarily pull these parts out of the article from which I'm reading right now, but that there, that there are uh, certain other people, and, and I wouldn't necessarily call them. You know, they're, they're the ones who just don't want to be troublemakers. Superior Court Clerk Laura Gentile says she'll bring her staff back tomorrow with some trepidation. 
but she's not going to get behind uh, the DA. The district court clerk magistrate, John Gay, says he will file the guidance, follow the guidance of the trial court and bring his staff back into the building. You know, you need everybody. Yeah. And, and I understand, you know, like Laura Gentile is saying, I brought 20 pounds of mail home with me yesterday. The court is already backed up with the pandemic. This is only backing it up even more. So she and br- I get that. So she brought 20 pounds of mail with her, but did she bring her spine along with her too? No, apparently uh, it broke from lifting the mail. Yeah, where's the backbone, Laura? The register of probate, Rosemary Sacamani, uh, says she will return to the courthouse Thursday, barring any new developments. Yeah, so you said, unfortunately, that solidarity thing is not there right now, but um, who knows? Maybe that'll change, too. It's 623 with Bax and O'Brien of Rock 102. Oh, according to research. seven with Bax and O'Brien of Rock 102. Oh, okay, hang on. I'll be, uh, all right. Um, I was just, uh, I saw this uh, headline earlier this morning, and I thought it made sense, so I'm trying it out here. If you uh, are the kind of person who does a lot of sitting at work, Right. It says you should exercise for three minutes every half hour. <laughs> yeah, like I got time for that. Climbing steps, doing jumping jacks, even as many as 15 steps will help uh, improve your blood sugar control. So I was just doing, uh, I was doing some jumping johns. Um, they do, some people do call you Jack. Yeah, I know, but my, it's just my family. Uh, so... Don't ever call me that again. I don't. Uh, I don't find that uh, this job really lends itself to a lot of physical activity because I. I you know I don't want to get tired for like the next time we speak. Well, you got to create your own physical activity. Even just go up the stairs to the bathroom. I do that. That's close. That's good. Yeah, but do you do it for three minutes every half hour? Uh no. Actually, no. I, I. That would be. Uh, that would be a very long stairway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the you stairway gotta- to bathroom. Up and down several times. Yeah, well, that's look ridiculous. Still not three minutes. Let's laugh. Tell me, tell me what's fun. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor on Rock 102. Joke of the day brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Get three years complimentary maintenance at Gary Rome Hyundai, Whiting Farms Road in Holyoke, and that's no joke. Oh my God, that is hilarious. Springfield's Classic Rock. There's a guy in a drugstore buying condoms, right? Yes. And he says to the drugstore clerk, he says, yeah, I'm I'm giving my girlfriend a birthday present tonight. Yeah? Okay. And uh, and the clerk goes, oh, yes, sir. And then he forcing his straight face, he says to the customer, he says, would you like these gift wrapped? And the customer goes, well, that wouldn't make much sense. Those are the gift wraps. (laughs) <laughs> you see, in other words, whatever he's got in the condom is the present, and the wrapping is the condom. <laughs> Booyah! Bax and O'Brien. 632 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Serial Locksmith. They got a key for that. There's local radio icon Steve Nagel. You heard the man. That 172nd, 72nd Franklin County Fair kicks off today with the traditional fair parade at 5 p.m. Yeah! <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be pouring. It doesn't matter. Well, kind of does. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what a Debbie Downer you are, you know? <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's it's official. I'm not able to have children. I can't have children. The uh, parade steps off at 5 from the Greenfield Middle School and runs down Federal Street to Main Street, turns left onto River Street at the Dunkin' Donuts, and turns right onto Laurel Streets and ends at the fairgrounds. River Street's going to be a problem. The theme for this year's parade is It's the Bee's Knees and is expected to be held even though there are showers in the forecast. 
Yeah, I tell you, if that River Street is flooded, you're going to lose that whole parade. You know, they never found that guy with the anthrax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you see those signs all the time that don't drive through water. You shouldn't parade through it either. No, nah, you can do it in Greenfield. Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> the uh, fair runs through Sunday evening, and mask wearing is required when inside any of the fair buildings. So, meh. There you go. <laughs> Actually, now, as of, uh, is it Monday? Uh, masks now have to be worn inside any city buildings in Chicopee. I try not to go into any of those city buildings in Chicopee if I can help it. I can't remember the last time I was in one. Maybe, pro- you know, probably the police station. I don't really, uh, I don't have an issue with anybody telling you to wear the mask. No. But it's just like, why don't we just do it all over the place? Because you're going from one town to the next, mm-hmm. and each town has their own little, well, Westfield doesn't, uh, but East Hampton does, or right. whatever. It's just a little inconsistent. Yeah, I can, uh, I can infect people from multiple towns if I do my job right. Well, and Steve, that's what I say all the time. You know, I mean, whether you're doing it state by state or county by county or town by town, it just uh, it, it makes people need to be more diligent as to knowing what it is where they are. Uh, one person is dead after an overnight fire at the Bluebird Acres Mobile Home Park in Chicopee. According to Fire Lieutenant uh, Galinas, uh, firefighters were called to a mobile home on Quail Drive around midnight. For a report of a fire, Galena says that a call came from that call came from a neighbor. Uh, Western Mass crews arrived on the scene around 2 a.m. They could still see flames coming from the home. They also saw state police and ambulances on the scene. Western uh, Mass news crews made it to the scene. Yeah, and uh, 22, 22, didn't. right? 22 doesn't even have it reported as a fatal fire. Right. Well, yeah. and they're across town. Sometimes it takes a little time. I, I suppose. Lieutenant Galinas confirms an 80-year-old man died in the fire. The state fire marshal is looking into the cause. You know, it's hard to get a full life, a two-life crew out at that time of the morning. Well, they don't even is have they? to be too live. They yeah. could just be live. Well, they could. But, well, I th- uh, is is the problem uh, staffing or is the problem that, the, that me too horny? I think it's me too horny. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Me so horny. That's what it is. Uh, a Springfield man was arrested in connection with a stabbing on Union Street Wednesday morning, according to uh, Ryan Walsh. At around 8.55 a.m., officers were called to the 200 block of Union Street for a report of a stabbing. Officers arrested the suspect, 30-year-old Lamar James, on High Street and charged him with assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, causing serious bodily injury and breaking and entering. The victim is listed in stable condition. But no breaking detail. and entering? Yeah, I... Uh, I don't know what the details yeah, are because why would you why would you put those in? Well, they're probably Ryan Walsh is probably not telling the details. No, I'm not telling anybody. Is that his job to be telling people? Not everything. He always, uh, you know, he's holding the cards. He's not going to show his whole hand. <laughs> he's he's quite the poker player. Exactly. Oh, he's yeah. got the ultimate yeah. poker face. The uh, Roderick Ireland Courthouse in Springfield will reopen today after the review of the report from the Mold Remediation Company. The test results for the courthouse. Wait a minute. The name of the company is Molder? No. Mold Remediation Company. Oh, I'm sorry. I misheard that. The uh, test results for the courthouse in Springfield were released Wednesday. Three areas of the courthouse are in unacceptable conditions. I hope you know that this will go down on your permanent record. Thankfully, the three areas, I believe, are completely unused anyway. Well, uh, somebody was telling me the other day, when you see 
like that white mold on the legal books inside the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that happens maybe once in a great while, not every day. I don't know. I was reading more about where these locations are. Yeah. And the three locations are uh, the downstairs, yeah. the, upstairs, the upstairs, and everything in the middle. Yeah. 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 I was I was joking. It's uh, I believe it's at least one courtroom and uh, two other areas that I'm certain are used on a regular basis. Yeah, they were talking about that that white mold stuff that grows mm. like on books. It, that's like prominent down there in those court in those court. Well, rooms. and I'm sure it's not every day, but it doesn't need to be every day to be dangerous. So dangerous. <laughs> what, was, what was that? Oh, I was just singing. Yeah. Uh, according to a statement from the trial court sent to the Springfield Courthouse judges and staff, a town hall was held Wednesday morning to review the progress and steps taken to address the appearance of the suspected mold. After the review, the trial court expects to open the courthouse today. Jim Lydon, spokesman for the uh, DA's office, said employees will not be returning to the building on a daily basis and will return to the courthouse when necessary for hearings and trials. They will continue to work uh, at the DA's Tower Square office. Rolling in D's and got a good-ass job. Mm-hmm. Going all the way up to that penthouse. What, what, what is that from? Uh, Rolling in D's and got a good-ass job? Yeah. That's uh, that's Coolio, by mm-hmm. the way. Mm. Uh, but I was also referring to as uh, if it was uh, like the Jeffersons, where they're moving on up. Oh, I see. To the, to the east, east side. Yeah, in right. a deluxe tower. apartment in the sky. Right. You think that, uh, I bet you that Tower Square office is a lot nicer than the courthouse one. No, of course it is. Yeah, like why would you want to give that up? You wouldn't. Even if you got a new courthouse, you'd be like, I'm pretty comfortable right here. Well, no, I think if you got a new courthouse, then you'd be like, okay, let's uh, let's get out of uh, Bay State West here. <laughs> let's get that Bay out. State West. Yeah, that's what, what I mean. <laughs> I'm guessing there's still parts of it that maybe remind you of Bay State West, and you're like, ah, eh, you know what? We got a building now that's been built here in 2023. Why are we staying in Bay State West? There are no plans for Massachusetts schools to return to remote learning this year. That from Governor Charlie Baker, who says a return to remote learning is not on the table, even as the number of COVID-19 cases continue to spike, including among younger people who have not yet been vaccinated. While Massachusetts public school students are required to wear a mask until at least October 1st, under an order issued earlier this summer by the state education commissioner. Even though, like we just said a few minutes ago, South Hadley High School is still not ready to be open because of the mold issue but I, uh, the governor says no remote learning but you know what he's saying that uh, there's no plans for it which slightly opens the door that if this thing gets worse that's or what's going to happen yeah right I yeah mean, yeah i'm sure there's going to be uh exceptions yeah i mean there's he he can't speak in absolutes when it comes to this because if things wind up getting well, even worse <laughs> he's gonna have to backtrack pretty hard on those statements some of them do speak in absolutes uh yesterday uh, a judge <laughs> said that ron DeSantis's law a rule that uh, no school could mandate masks a judge said oh yeah no you can you can do that and defied the governor <laughs> So somebody uh, obviously took it to court to say, "Hey, the governor's off his rocker." Well, there's a there's a thin line between absolutes and being an absolute jerk, mm-hmm. and uh, DeSantis has been an absolute jerk. Blurred that line, right? 
Don't expect the state to pick up economic slack caused by the termination of extended federal unemployment benefits. Legislative leaders say there are no plans to use state funds to fill the void created by the termination of federal benefits, which were extended during the pandemic. The cancellation of those benefits is expected to impact 330,000 Massachusetts residents. Legislators today are expected to resume hearings on how best uh, on how to best spend millions in federal reimbursements related to the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. Uh, technology seems to be pushing us all toward a cashless economy without paper, money, and coins. Digital transactions are easier and more common than ever, even without credit cards. Some people may not like the move away from carrying money, but researchers from the University of Georgia say that the average American family would be far better off if the U.S. eliminated all paper money. Well, you know, I mean, I haven't carried cash for the most part in a long time. And the only thing that bothers me, what I would like to see more rather than that last sentence you just said of people carrying less cash would be for all places to stop being cash only. I mean, there are still places I go to sometimes where, you know, you take out the charge card and they're like, oh, no, no I'm sorry, we don't take uh, cash only. You know, and, and many of those places, thankfully, have ATMs in them, so you can turn around and go get the cash. But there are times when they don't have ATMs. And, you know, between Square or these other little things that you can attach to an iPad or an iPhone to turn it into a cash register, there's no reason to have to insist on cash for purchases. No, but you know what would make things a whole lot easier? Um, if you could deduct your credit card interest on your taxes. I mean, you can't do that right now. But that's the problem. You know, a lot of people just don't want to pay the interest on a purchase because they use a credit card at a place that won't take cash. But if you were able to do that, I mean, you you would if if you switched over to a cashless society, you'd probably be saving the government a, a bunch and and their ability to to print out more money or you right. know certain restrictions on uh, you know cash and banking. If you could deduct that, well, I think that would offer an incentive for people. To use their credit cards well, rather than you know, rely on cash. I don't know. I don't know enough about that kind of stuff. So let me ask you this: Would you still have that interest if you were using a debit card? See, I don't use a debit card. I, I never have. So mm. for me to say that for sure, I I believe you are still charged interest. Yeah, because yeah, of, the, of the processing. But you know, to me, you're still you know with the credit card, you are still helping the economy. If you're going cashless, you're helping the economy just that much more, but you're also helping the credit card company. So why shouldn't I have some? Why shouldn't I have some incentive to use it? Mm -hmm. Kind of like a credit card that gives you, uh, you know, points yep. or cash back. It'd be it'd be kind of like the same thing. I just really wish that that places that don't take credit cards would start doing so because. Because, as we said, very few people are, or not very few, but lots of people are not carrying cash anymore. But how many places are you going to that don't accept cash? Uh, I could name that, a couple. That, that, but I'm sorry, don't have credit cards. I could name a couple, but I don't want to embarrass anybody. But they're usually, uh, they're, they're not necessarily, you know, I go to a lot of these cruise nights. And uh, a lot of times the beer vendors uh, don't take credit cards. I'll put it that way. Not not necessarily permanent businesses or businesses that are there every day, but you know maybe once a week or it's in this location one time and another location and another time. It, it's usually those kinds of purchases. 
Well, the idea uh, behind this whole thing is if all transactions were digital and on the level, that would mean there wouldn't be as much tax evasion as there is with cash. You know, like businesses not reporting sales or paying people under the table. Mm -hmm. Of course, this plan hinges on the IRS agreeing to lower or even eliminate some taxes in exchange, and there's no guarantee that would happen. Oh, there you go. That's what Baxter's asking. The uh, researchers used models that would, uh, that showed the that average middle class families would greatly benefit from the trade-off, but it wouldn't work out so well for the lower income households who are more dependent on cash. Yeah, but that doesn't exactly answer my question because you're talking if I if I make uh let's say I'm one of the the one percenters that's making over our half a million a year. Are you? No, good God, I'm not even close. But if I were, I mean, I'd be charged at a certain rate, the highest tax rate. Mm. That di- that would be different than someone who is, you know, making you know forty thousand dollars a year. It's a different tax rate. But if I'm buying more with my credit card and adding to the economy to be able to deduct the or a certain percentage of the interest on that those purchases, I think that that adds extra incentive to use the card. And I'm being told that you don't pay interest on a debit card. Okay, no, well then there you, too. there you go. But but you're but it's basically cash. Mm-hmm. I think it's also about the business owner paying for the transaction fees on every credit card. That's why a lot of them don't want to use right. a credit card. Th- those are f- freaking expensive. Sure, it's, they are. It's it's like ten to fifteen percent. But that and that's why that would have to change too. I don't think it's that high, Steve. I thought it was two or three percent. I thought it was ten to fifteen mm. for the if, transaction but if, price. But if you're a business that's selling, you know, you know, you know, small priced items. Let, let's say, for example, it's a, uh, and I'm just tossing it out there for for lack of a different uh, idea. Let's just say you're a, a small independent coffee shop, and you're not taking credit cards because of the cost of of you know processing that transaction. Well, then maybe that needs to change. And if people were able to use their credit cards more freely and, and vendors were able to process, process those purchases uh, more cheaply, you're giving everybody an incentive to switch over to that system. It doesn't, there has to be some incentivized uh, you, you know, rules in place to make the, plant, the entire well, switch over. And, Steve, I'm being told the swipe fees are generally 2 to 5%. Well, I, I was just going to say 1.3% to 3 for national chains. But when you talk about small businesses, it's 4.5% to 8%. So they can kiss 4.5% to 8% of my ass. But that's probably why you're talking about places that, you know, typically deal in cash. They're not going to want to, they're not going to want to take away from their profits by by having card fees. And, you know, if you've got a small business, 4 to 8% is a substantial amount of your business. Yeah, there. It's not easy to run a small business in the United States. Yeah, because it's hardly the the only thing you're paying out. You're paying out taxes. You're paying out uh, overhead. You're paying out you know additional your wages. overcharges. No, I'm being serious. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it. Steve's right. It is not cheap or simple to run a small independent business. That's why we don't. We don't, but other people do. Mm-hmm. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, mostly cloudy with uh, thunderstorms throughout the day. High of 71. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of... Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 653 and Credence on Rock 102. Uh, some rain today. It could possibly even be some flooding. It might rain that hard. Um, with a high of 71, it is 
but it's still dropping. It's 67 right now in downtown Springfield. Scott Zolak will be joining us after 8 o'clock. Brought to you by the Leah Auto Group. He'll be joining us every Thursday during the entire uh, Patriots football season. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, haven't ha- we actually haven't had like a regular football guy no. on our show since Randy Cross. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Randy yep. Cross, for those of you who don't remember, was a former football player who and, used to be on our show and felt like he was wasting his time. And became a broadcaster, I believe, with CBS. One of the one of the things I want to ask Zolak, I was reading this uh, article yesterday about COVID and last season and uh, how Roger Goodell and the big guys uh, in the NFL offices did have a plan. And, and, and I, I'm the one who's always said, I thought this is the way it should be. Not necessarily... They, one of their plans called for a 10-game season that would begin on Thanksgiving Day and the Super Bowl would be pushed back to February. The uh, collective bargaining agreement with the league allows the league to move the Super Bowl all the way back to mid-March hmm. without permission of the union. And nobody was talking about this last year. Nobody mentioned it. But that's what I've always said. I'd like to see the Super Bowl go, you know, into the into mid to late winter so that it can start in late fall to early winter rather than have games in August and September when it's still 80, 85 degrees outside. Yeah, but I think if, they, if the NFL felt there was any serious benefit to that, they would consider it. But I, I think they're more than comfortable with where they're at and, and, and have been for – you know, what is it now, 60, 70 years? There was a, a, another part of that story was kind of cool was that um, there was some COVID going around in, among the Denver Broncos. And, and John Elway had apparently contacted Roger Goodell to ask that a particular game, I, I, I don't remember which game this was during the year, be moved from Sunday till Tuesday because the quarterbacks all tested positive. Um the league denied the request when they found surveillance video from Denver's facility. The players were all wearing contact tracing devices mm-hmm. so that you'd know where they'd been and how they might have gotten infected. The quarterbacks for the Broncos had a meeting. They meet all the time. But for this meeting during COVID, they all took their tracking devices off and put them in different corners of the room. <laughs> but there was a surveillance camera that wow. saw them move those things, and uh, and since they got caught, they wouldn't they wouldn't move the game. You know, one of the stats I saw that is actually kind of interesting, um, and you don't see this in nearly any other profession in the in the world, as far as I can tell. But as of this week. Ninety-three and a half percent of NFL players have been vaccinated, yeah. and ninety-nine percent of football-related staff members are at least partially vaccinated, mm-hmm. which is higher than everything. Everything national so, average, state so averages. So that's why, like you, you, you see now, like you know, the Red Sox have been you know devastated by you know, guys testing positive over the last two weeks. Well, and, but, and but that they play bad. Well, yeah, that's yes, that. Also, but but as far as just keeping enough guys on the roster who are healthy and have not been exposed and and everything else, that's been a challenge. But yeah. in the NFL, you know, because now you're talking about vaccinations that weren't there last season, things are very very different. So you're probably going to see a whole lot less infections and positive tests this year than you saw last year. From your mouth to God's ears. I'm being optimistic. 
It's 658 with Bax and O'Brien and Rock 102. Save yourself 30% expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Leadership. For many, it is the art of motivating a group towards a common objective, whether that be by example or by directive. A leader is an essential cog in guiding us all towards our goals. And to me, there is no better leader than somebody without any real-time experience being thrust into a position to guide people into something that they've never done themselves. Take, for example, quarterback Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yesterday, the Jaguars named first-round draft pick Trevor Lawrence as a team captain in his rookie season because... What better role is there for an untested quarterback who just 11 months ago was too young to buy beer in all 50 states? Today, with nothing more than a three preseason exhibition games under his belt, he was elevated to team captain following a vote by his fellow teammates because who wouldn't want to be motivated by a kid like that? Granted, Trevor Lawrence was the number one draft pick out of Clemson. Yes, he is a highly touted and gifted athlete. And yes, he is a highly motivated young man with a promising future. However, let me sober you up by pointing out that Trevor Lawrence has as much real-time regular season experience as I do. And I would be the very last fella that you'd want to name as a team captain. That's mostly because I lack the desire to lead and I have no real understanding of what's it going to take for get a team full of misfits into achieving something better than a 1-15 record just like they did last season. Does Trevor Lawrence give them a chance to win as many as two games this year? That's hard to tell. All I can tell you is that the Jaguars are putting a lot of high expectations on a 21-year-old rookie with no protection and hardly anybody to throw to. Do the Jacksonville Jaguars lack leadership or are they just the worst team in the NFL? I think when you put an untested young man in charge of a team that banged out 15 losses in a row last season, then it's probably a combination of both. So good luck, kid. I'm sure you'll turn things around in no time at all. But hey, enough of my yapping. Sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Maybe you have a natural instinct for paint colors, or maybe you should talk to Lindsay at the Ludlow Rockies because Lindsay definitely has an eye for paint colors. She's talented, loves helping people, good people like Lindsay and Rock Solid Service in the paint department at every Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 710 and Tom Petty on Rock 102. Cloudy with some rain today. Could be heavy at times. Could be some flooding as well and a high of 71. 67 now in downtown Springfield. Um, you know, we I've expressed this opinion in the past and I know for some people it's very uh, upsetting and and divisive and, and things like that. This isn't the forced sterilization thing, is uh, it? No, not that, but it's close. Um, the idea, and there are a lot of people who also agree with me, so that's the divisiveness there. The idea of not being particularly sympathetic to people who end up with COVID or even die after spending a good deal of time telling people they're not going to get it, giving out misinformation about it, uh, repeating things that they heard or read on the internet. There's uh, someone who does what we do for a living uh, yesterday who apparently was on the air and just laughing at some of the people, some of the conservative radio talk show hosts who spent months on the air telling people not to get the vaccine and then ended up getting COVID and dying. Uh, and th- And this person was basically... Uh, making fun of them. And, and I mean, I don't go that far. I, I just say sometimes 
it's a little tough to to have sympathy, especially when you read the stories of how the last thing they did was ask for the vaccine that they had so hard tried to stay away from. But when I talk about actions uh, of like either laughing at them or others, Mass Live has a story this morning, which I think is going to be a big deal. And and uh, I'm surprised even that a city would do this. New Bedford City Council filed a petition with the mayor to establish that all COVID deaths among city employees would be presumed to be the result of work and therefore make surviving family members eligible for certain death benefits. And while the mayor agrees with the general sentiment, he uh, sent the bill back because of several flaws. First, he requests that more specifics regarding vaccination status, seeing how effective the vaccine is in preventing deaths. He says, as I'm certain the council would agree, it would be inappropriate to extend accidental death benefits when the employee refused to take a vaccine that had been found to be nearly 100% effective unless they have a valid medical or religious reason not to take it. And second, he questioned who would be eligible for the benefits depending on how they contracted it. If the employee is found to have gotten it from social gatherings, he also should not be entitled to the death benefits, according to the mayor of New Bedford. That's going to be a pretty, pretty big deal. Yeah, that's kind of a that gets kind of sticky all of a sudden, because mm-hmm. what's to say you got it from a large social gathering? As opposed to somebody else at work, mm-hmm. or you know, if you uh, if you work on the road, uh, for example, and you contract it that way, you know, wh- what's how do you, you how do you know? You can't yeah. know. So well, to I, me, I guess I don't know if that's what the contact tracing is supposed to be about. It is to be able to find out or or know. The mayor said studies but con- show but, that- yeah, but but contact tracing isn't hundred percent accurate either. I mean, I could be in the same building of someone who has it and not mm. catch it. The mayor said that the majority of the cases originate in households and social gatherings, and he even added and he even added the best contact tracing is dependent on everybody else being compliant to contact mm-hmm. tracing. So it's like it's almost like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Where is the infected Kevin Bacon in all these situations? I just, you know, we've had this conversation before as far as the sympathy goes. Where, When you see these stories of these hospitals that are basically closing because they don't have any more room, the ICUs are filled, the staff, which is already not big enough, is overworked and exhausted, and people who are coming to the hospitals or need to go to the hospital for non-COVID-related issues that can't, that are having heart attacks, that are in need of life-saving surgeries, uh, and they're dying because other people are in the hospital because they didn't believe in the vaccine. That makes it hard to work up the uh, the compassion. It, it Again, just does. that depends on, on who you are. It depends on you know how much you value you know, uh, the lives of others, you know, and, and it, that's not a, that, I don't mean that to sound like a criticism. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got a different perspective on this. Now, you and I both have been vaccinated, Steve as well. And as far as I know, everybody in this building has been, has been vaccinated because we wanted to be vaccinated because, you know, we felt a sense of obligation, not only to our own uh, personal safety and health, but to the safety and health of 
the people around us and the people we care about. Sure, and there's That's, plenty of other things in this building that'll kill us long before the virus. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Never, never mind the fact all that radiation. <laughs> but, uh, but, but the fact remains: there are many people who choose not to have it for a variety of reasons. Not all of them are political. Some of them are, like we said, religious, uh, health reasons. You know, you know, or you know, just a whatever it may be. Even if you get sick. I'm sorry. I put that stuff aside and say, "Oh my God, I, I'm really, I, I, you know, I, I have sympathy for someone who be, who contracts this and gets ill." I saw something the other day, and here's a surprise. I don't remember the exact details of whether this was coming from the Vatican or a bishop somewhere. Uh, I, I don't remember who said it, but they were saying that there, there is no religious exemption to vaccines. It, it, people who claim religious exemptions are just finding another reason to not get the vaccine because the Bible doesn't talk about it and and whoever this church official was, you know, he was saying get the vaccine. There's nothing religiously that you're doing wrong by getting the vaccine. Yeah, but there are some religions that don't necessarily accept certain medical interventions. Mm-hmm. Never mind COVID. I'm talking about you know specific kinds of of of, of medical procedures or operations or you know, whatever it may be. The Catholic Church is not one of those religions that says you shouldn't do what you can to keep yourself healthy. Yeah, this person who was speaking was speaking on behalf of Christianity. See, so, that's and, yeah, and again, others. again, that's 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 one group speaking mm-hmm. for everybody, and and they should not because there are small groups of people that do, you know, have you know that do believe in. Uh, you know, no, no doctors, yeah. no medicine. He wasn't speaking for other religions. He yeah. was letting the Christians who believe that they have a religious exemption. He was letting them know, no, you can't use that excuse. The other religions, you know, that's that's up to them. But right. for but you're Christianity, not gonna, you're not going to use our set of rules. Yeah, exactly. But um, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it's it's uh, Los Angeles now. They just announced on the Today Show is mandating. All uh, eligible children, school-age children, um, are to be vaccinated. And and the president apparently is going to address the nation with some kind of six-point plan later today that I I don't know. He'll only remember four of them. I don't know what the points can be other than issuing a mandate. And and I don't know why. I You know, obviously, I, I, I... don't remember or I'm not old enough or I wasn't paying attention back in the day. But, you know, we do have mandatory vaccinations out there. And I don't remember or I don't know or I haven't read up as to whether or not those mandates were as divisive as this one. But we do have vaccinations that you must have to be able to go to school. It's absolutely true. So, you know, to... To add one more to the list uh, that has the proven effectiveness of this one, even though many people also believe it hasn't been around long enough to know the long-term effects. Well, we do know what the long-term effects of COVID are. And they're not always good. No. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, again, people have their own, short of mandates, you know, people have the right to choose. Um, You hope that people choose wisely. Some people will. Some people won't. Some people have their own 
reasons for doing whatever they do or whatever they choose not to do. And, you know, again, short of the government saying everyone is required to take this, this is the kind of divisiveness we're going to deal with. You know, yeah. the one thing that you can say about COVID, which I think is is true, is we're going to be feeling the effects of this, not just medically <coughs> and health-wise, but psychologically and socially. We're going to be feeling the effects of this for many, many decades to come. Oh, yeah. Because of the way it has switched our thinking and the way it has switched our behavior. You know, we all want things to reopen 100% and to forget this nightmare ever happened. But the reality is there are going to be ramifications of this that are going to last for a very long period of time. And that's not all bad stuff. That's just the way that societies transition from one thing to another. You know, we react to the things that happen to us uh, over the course of, of time. History has a, has a tendency to change how we look at things, and you know, like the Internet and the space race and, you know, the 67 Red Sox. I mean, there's all different ways in which we have all changed. This is just one more thing, and it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward this with this in the next... 10, 20 years. Hey, I just, because I'm waiting now for the nasty emails to start coming in because of what I said uh, a minute ago, and I'm sure they will, but I did just get one, you know, from our conversation earlier about uh, South Hadley considering moving the high school kids to another building because of the mold, and we were talking about the, the remote learning and how, geez, why didn't they just do that because they did it last year. Uh, somebody sent an email saying that South Hadley schools were going to start remotely when they found out about the mold, but the State Department of Education refused to allow them to count the remote days of learning. It was the state that prevented the kids from starting remotely. South hmm. Hadley was ready to go. Interesting. So that Yeah, that is interesting. Stupid and interesting. 723 with Bax and O'Brien of Rock 102. It's Bax and O'Brien of Rock 102. You know, if you ever miss a Bax and O'Brien show, check out the Bax and O'Brien podcast. It's available on BaxandO'Brien.com, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you would normally find podcasts, you will find the Bax and O'Brien podcast. Post it every single day. Also, check out uh, Baxi's musical podcast. My guest this week, Dave Wakeling from the, uh, the band English Beat and General Public. Really interesting interview, and it's available also on BaxnoBrian.com. So I'm looking at the uh, Scott Solak uh, Wikipedia page because I, I mentioned yesterday I don't, really don't know a lot about him. And uh, yeah, this is kind of interesting. Uh, his father was the head football coach and athletic director at Scott's High School. So you would think, well, if he's the coach and the athletic director, uh, you know, the kid must have gotten a pretty good position. Uh, starting quarterback, mm. wide receiver. He was the water boy. Um, the water boy. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, I don't know if you ever had one of these situations where you had a high school teacher mm -hmm. and one of their kids was uh, one of the students. Yeah. You ever you ever have that? Sure. Yeah. And he was not the water boy. Yeah. Well, we had, uh, we had that in, in my high school. Uh, this girl, very, very nice girl. Her dad was a history teacher, and uh, you know she she was a nice, nice girl. And you know he, it wasn't like he went out of his way to acknowledge her or even talk to her. He was he treated her like every other student mm -hmm. badly. So, yeah. well, uh, <laughs> but when your father is the coach of the team, yes, and you're just the water boy, um, I, I don't see here about 
uh, his siblings. I'm, I'm guessing Scott was not the most well-liked child among his parents. Well, I don't. I think uh, over time, you know, when he becomes a you know college football player, drafted by the Patriots in '91, all of a sudden he, you know, his his uh, his stock rises well, a little bit. Unless his brother and sister were brain surgeons and astronauts. Yeah, maybe. But what are the odds of that, really? What are the odds of a, of, a, of your kid becoming the backup to Drew Bledsoe? Uh, what are the odds of that? What are, the, what are your odds of your kid becoming the water boy on a high school football well, team? Well, you know, you, you got to start off somewhere, and you know, maybe he worked his way up the ladder. Yeah. You know, you don't just start off as a starting quarterback, and unless you're Mac Jones or you know, many <laughs> others, Trevor Lawrence yeah. or anybody else who was mm-hmm. drafted in the first round, or you you work your way up. You you earn your stripes, so to speak. Well, we'll see. Yes, we will. Seven twenty-eight. News is next to Rock 102. This. Seven thirty-two. Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. This month, receive sixty percent off installation with no money down, no payments, and no interest for a full year. Visit YankeeHomeImprovement.com and always use the keyword Rock 102. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. That's actually a cool name for a band: the Nine Volt Battery Radio. Yeah, that's, that would be that's pretty. That cool. would be kind of cool. I just yeah. heard that in that uh, in that commercial there. Mm. Uh, one person is dead after an overnight fire at the Bluebird Acres Mobile Home Park in Chicopee, according to Chicopee Fire Lieutenant Galinas. Uh, firefighters were called to a mobile home on Quail Drive around midnight for a report of a fire. Galinas says that call came from a neighbor. His oh. first name is Lieutenant. Yeah, well, apparently they don't get first names at Western Mass News. <laughs> pretty, pretty presumptuous of the parents to name them that. Now, get this. They didn't, you know, they don't have the first name of the fire lieutenant. Right. But they did have the uh, the only source that had the, the fact that there was a fatal fire. Right. Yeah, 22 uh, is still <laughs> saying uh, they got a scroll earlier that said uh, Chickabee, Chickabee Fire Department uh, fights house fire overnight. Well, good thing they're, they're up, uh, up, up on the up and up. Yeah. Uh, when Western Mass News crews arrived around 2 a.m., they could see uh, flames coming from the home. They also saw state police and ambulances on the scene. Now they're trying to be like 22. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what we saw. Yeah, because uh, we were there. Galinas confirmed that an 80-year-old man died in the fire. The state fire marshal is looking into the cause. Firefighters spent uh, hours extinguishing a train fire near Stafford Road in Munson on Tuesday afternoon. No injuries were reported, according to the Munson Fire Department. A Westcom Regional Dispatch alerted uh, crews of the train fire at around 3.43 p.m. in the area of Stafford Road at Munson Sand and Gravel. Uh, due to its location, the train had to be moved two miles for crews to have full access to put out the fire. Damn. That's so, so somebody discovers this fire, and uh, the one video that I saw was some serious flames. Now, whether or not it was actually... In the uh, in the uh, uh, the driver's portion of the train, I don't know, but to say you got to move that train two miles because we only have one point nine miles of hose, <laughs> don't you? At that point, don't you kind of like uh, lift the hose up to make the to get an arc? <laughs> you, you, but that's you what I hope so. That's what I would do when I'm a little short on hose. I'm also guessing there's probably no access to even get. No person in Mm-mm. to the side of that train, depending on where it is. Right. So when you move it up. But imagine, who's going to be the guy? Hey, Charlie, choo-choo, Charlie, get over here. We need you to drive this flaming train 
two miles. <laughs> I think they probably pick it up from the other end. <laughs> you think? <laughs> and they drag it. Yeah. Uh, oh, didn't you say, though, don't a lot of these trains have locomotives on both ends? Yeah, but even if they don't, they'll probably call another locomotive in to move it oh, back okay. the other way. Yeah. Most of the double locomotives are like the long-haul trains. Yeah. This is, just seems like a local one. But a malfunction with the locomotive's equipment caused the fire, according to fire officials. But... Man, that's a that's a steaming locomotive right there. You don't uh, you don't really hear of a lot of uh, train fires nah, very they're not, often. They're not reported. Really? They happen all the time. All the time. Uh, train fires left and right. I mean, are, are, there are a lot of trains still running on coal fire. No, we don't have the coal fire engines anymore. They're only for antique shows. Oh, I mm. see. That's but but it. they're happening all the time. We just never hear. They just covered up. Yeah, it's a it's a conspiracy. It's a railroad uh, conspiracy. Damn. They're covering up all the fires that happen in the engine engines. Mm-hmm. We now have uh, more information on how major rain events are affecting sewage runoff in Massachusetts waterways. In 2020, some one million gallons of unfiltered discharge reached public waterways. Mm. Mm. Unfiltered mm. discharge. The discharge is a combination of rainwater and sewage, and is released into waterways when the storm sewer system is overwhelmed with water. Most of that discharge is filtered before it hits waterways, but not all of it. If the system is overwhelmed, like when we have heavy rain, discharge can be a problem. The water flows into rivers and streams so that it doesn't back up into your house. Hey, I don't want to sound like a snob, but what kind of wine pairs with an unfiltered uh, discharge? I believe a, a white fire. Zinfandel. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's good, good to know. You, yeah. never, you never know when you might be put on the spot. Now that I realize uh, by asking on the air and then getting the answer, not just from listeners, but for some reason, television news did the story on the very day I asked. And now I realize that it's a sewer pump or a sewer line that's being run across the Connecticut River from what used to be the York Street jail site to Bondi's Island. But there's seemingly so much construction going on on the Springfield side. I mean, if you remember at some point uh, during the pandemic, the plans for building a hotel there were abandoned. Uh, the people who had bought the land with the with the intention of uh, putting a hotel realized, you know, COVID has really taken the bottom out of the hotel industry right now. Maybe building a hotel here is not such a great idea, and they abandoned that project. But they had already. It appeared there was already a foundation, and now I'm I I don't know whether the property or the exact spot of land that the hotel was originally planned to sit on is the same spot of land that is now seemingly loaded with construction equipment while they're putting in this sewer line. I, don't I have no idea. That's the thing I can't figure out. Yeah. I wouldn't have expected to see that much activity on the Springfields, on the York Street site. Makes you wonder, though, how regular some of the inmates were when the jail was still in operation, that it needed its own pipe. Well, it didn't. The That's why they're putting in the pipe in now. Back when the jail was being used, they probably just peed right into the river. Probably. I, I don't know. Probably I don't know just if that's had a case. chute. Yeah, like a little, like a thing that uh, delivers cement from the back of a cement exactly. truck. I would have expected yeah. a bucket brigade. Nah. A collapsible know. trough. When the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Dallas Cowboys kick off the NFL season tonight, people in more than half the states in America will be able to bet on football legally. By game time, there are expected to be 26 states plus the District of Columbia that have legal sports betting, up from 18 at this point last year. 
The American Gaming Association predicts over 45 million people will bet on NFL games this season. Sportsbooks uniformly predict a record-breaking betting season, even as more and more competitors crowd into the market. A National Hope Group says problem gambling is increasing as legal sports betting uh, spreads. Now, here's an interesting thing. Uh, this morning, I'm at home with my computer, uh, sending myself some sports stories, and there were some uh, some stories about sports gambling, and uh, I tried opening them up here. Sports gambling websites are blocked by our company. Did you really? know that? Yes. Uh, that's ridiculous. You can't watch Netflix, pornography, or bet on sporting events in watch, our offices. And if you're a subscriber to Netflix at home, you can't watch Netflix here? Blocked. Really? Yeah. Apparently, they feel like you know watching a movie or binge watching a series while on company time is somewhat unproductive. I didn't realize we became a uh, division of China. I never tried getting Netflix here at work. Let's let's see. Mm. Let's see what happens. But the sports betting thing, uh, mm -hmm. you know that that surprises uh, me a little bit. Denied. Denied, Steve. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. You want to. You say, for instance, you want to uh, binge watch the uh, the Queen's Gambit because you missed it months ago. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have to wait till you get home. It's ridiculous. I know. I know it is it's ridiculous. I did, like I said, I didn't realize we were working in China all of a sudden. Even the Chinese would allow you to binge watch your series at the office. I don't know about that. What about that woman that we had here playing Farmville all the time? Remember that? I do. Who was that? <laughs> There was, I don't know, there was a woman that worked here, and uh, she spent most of her time and her fortune on Farmville. Oh, and we also have a male employee who was spending uh, most of his time, uh, was it on Facebook or or uh, games? Uh, I'm not sure who you're talking sure about. You're I know talking. I know who Steve's talking about because I kept getting requests for uh, farm equipment, and I, 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 never, I never fulfilled the questions. Well, um... I'm talking about this person. So, oh. Um, oh. I just, uh, I, I, I don't know why. I don't understand why betting sites would be blocked. I really don't know uh, the answer to that. All I can tell you is uh, they probably are worried that uh, it would be, well, uh, it would affect our productivity. Let me, re let me rephrase that. It doesn't surprise me since we are not allowed to do sports betting in Massachusetts. That's the part that surprises me as well, is that we have not passed this yet. You know, that we just did the story a couple of weeks ago how MGM has just spent over a million dollars putting together a sports betting area in the casino. Right. But and we also, here we are still dragging our feet. But we also said that the legislature was on break. Yeah, I and know. And now they're, now they're just getting back into it. Well, then they should have already done it by now. Should have done it on day one. Well, there's some other Power in, one. there's some other infrastructure things that are no. probably you know, some public health issues that mm. uh, might take a little mm. bit more uh, nope. you know, priority right no. now. Gambling nope. supersedes all public exactly. health things. For now, for right now, that's right. Even even COVID. Yeah, for, I actually don't think so. Forget COVID. Yeah. Sports betting is where it's at. Right. If I can't bet on the Buccaneers tonight, I might as well have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> A uh, supervisor of information technology for a New York county is accused of mining cryptocurrency from government offices, costing the county government at least $6,000 in electricity bills. Who the hell left the light on in the computer room? For a month. <laughs> According to prosecutors, 42-year-old Christopher Naples hid 46 specialized devices used to mine Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies in six rooms in the Suffolk County Center in Riverhead. 
Naples worked in the county clerk's office as an assistant manager of IT, uh, the newspaper reported. Sullivan County District Attorney Timothy, Timothy Sinney said Naples is charged with counts including public corruption, grand larceny, and computer trespass, according to the Associated Press. Yeah, you're using your work for your side hustle. I, uh, <laughs> I pretty much tune out now when... Uh, stories involve cryptocurrency i just i just uh, not only do i not understand it i don't even have the desire to try to learn about it i don't think you have to try to learn about it frankly yeah well i mean it's catching on in some ways but i think the average slob like you me steve uh, any number of people around here i don't i don't think we're kind of in that game i can't wrap my head around how it works right that's what i mean so i hear more about how uh it's it's kind of like a propped-up phony currency anyway, that the bottom of that whole market could, could drop. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to listen to those people that, well, are, that are punching holes for this whole cryptocurrency thing and the ones who are purporting it. There was a country that just went to it yesterday. Was it Venezuela? There was a whole country that just switched over to Bitcoin as their current, current uh, currency. Can't imagine. Remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about a football player? That had his contract converted over to Bitcoin. Yep, kid was dropped. Nah, what cut a from the, cut from the team when uh-huh. the team realized we don't want to get involved in this uh, Bitcoin garbage. Was he dropped because of the Bitcoin thing? No, he was dropped because he sucks. But the Bitcoin thing didn't help. Well, then that's kind of stupid. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's it. A uh, 46-year-old woman named Marina Verbitsky is, uh, was supposed to be on a JetBlue flight from Fort Lauderdale to Chicago on Monday with her husband and son. But the three of them didn't get to their gate on time and missed the flight. So she flips out, and she started swearing at the JetBlue workers and then claimed there was a bomb in her checked luggage. Ooh, they don't like that oh, kind of thing. Boy. Yeah. It's not clear if she was trying to delay the plane or she was just angry, but they had to evacuate all the passengers on the tarmac and search the plane for explosives. She, of course, spent the night in jail uh, before posting bond. She's facing uh, charges for falsely reporting a bomb and has to get a mental health evaluation. Her family says she was just worried her son would miss school the next day. Well, that That's why sense. she did it. That makes perfect sense. Um, I just uh, this week saw my friend Ward, the uh, JetBlue pilot. I haven't talked to him in over a year. Oh, he's still alive? Yeah, he is. And, um, you know, it's amazing <laughs> the, the whole concept of of air travel when you really break it down to the way that it works you know first of all we have all all these flights that were canceled because of covid all the staff that was laid off by the airlines all the flights that were taken out of the rotation because they didn't have enough people for it now obviously it started to come back and it's starting to reverse again but the weird thing like he was explaining to me Here's, you know, here's a couple that missed their plane. How many times have you sat on the plane, you were on time, and the plane's not moving, and they tell you, we are waiting for this other plane that is coming in because a number of people on that plane are now supposed to be on this plane for the next leg of their trip. So some planes are completely ready to go, but because another plane is late, they have to sit there and wait. On many of those planes is also pilots and flight attendants because most pilots can't drive to where they start their day from. Most pilots live an average of 650 miles away from the airport 
that they begin their day at. Damn. They have to take a plane to get to work. And and so they have to be on time. And they have to get to where they're going. And, and mm. it's just it's an amazing uh, chain that, that, that operates somehow on a relatively seamless basis and, yeah, on, and, sometimes. And I'm sure there are plenty of instances where, uh, you know, they're trying to find pilots mm-hmm. uh, to work because many of them feel like they make more money at home. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Much like a waitress that. or yeah. a, yeah. a busboy. Not necessarily. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, uh, going to see uh, chances of some thunderstorms throughout the day. High of 71 tomorrow, sunny with a high of 74. It's 69 giggity in downtown Springfield. This is brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Next time you're at the beverage cooler, look for the black and white can. It's Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee, and it's velvety smooth and never bitter because Fogbuster is air roasted. Look for the black and white can now. It's 8-11 with Baxton O'Brien at Rock 102. Looks like it could be raining soon and might for a little while, possibly heavy and maybe even with some flooding. But, uh, you know, when's the last time we saw rain? 67 right now in downtown Springfield. Oh, that's right, two days ago. Yeah, well, actually, this morning. (laughs) On the phone this right now. Uh, from the uh, from the New England Patriots, he's been broadcasting for the last few years for the uh, for the team. It's a pleasure to welcome him back uh, to uh, to Rock One Two. Brought to you by the Leah Auto Group. It's Scott Zolak. Come on, Scott. How are you? What's up, boys? How's Springfield? Eh. Yeah, it's probably about the same as Foxborough. <laughs> <laughs> that was a crappy react. Yeah, pretty much. It's good to be sitting in traffic. Kids back to school. All hell's breaking loose. Although we don't have. We don't have uh, 40,000 people uh, eight times a year coming to town. Well, don't you got that big casino out there now? Yeah, but that's a little too small for that many yeah, people. Yeah, 40,000 people, not in the same day. And <laughs> actually, they just put a banner up there the other day. The New England Patriots are now the official uh, uh, an official team for MGM. So oh, hell cool. yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think? What do you think? Because we haven't gotten the sports betting in yet, and we were talking earlier this right. morning in the news about how many states have and and whether or not broadcasters are going to be talking about point spreads and things like that. Oh, absolutely, we do it. We do it on our show. Um, now, obviously, during the game, we don't we don't refer to that. Uh, we don't talk about it on a pregame or postgame. But um, it's a joke. It's a joke with this state. Uh, can't get accomplished. I mean, I can't tell you how many friends, and I, I live down on the Rhode Island border, mm-hmm. close to Rhode Island, and our producer for our show takes all our bets down. As soon as he hits the border, <laughs> boom, he's on his app getting all our stuff in, and uh, that's how we do it. So we, we here in the great state of Massachusetts love sending all our gambling money to other states to help fund great projects and roadways and anything they want to spend it on. Yeah, see, that's what we got to do. We got to get a third party to grab our bags of cash and hand on over to a – to a casino that can handle a sports book. That's that's our problem. Yeah. We, we need- I, I, it's hard to believe the amount of money that they just don't want to be a part of or you know, all this red tape and I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. It's, well, a bunch, it's a bunch of you know what. Look how long it took them to finally get the marijuana bill approved and start taking that money in too. So I'm not <laughs> yeah, surprised. Yeah, any one of those joints, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, they got long lines. Yeah. Long lines outside when there's a cop out there directing traffic where to park. Exactly. So the, this Sunday, the Patriots are, are, are back. You know, to me, it's like uh, it's this football season, and then there's everything else for the rest of the year. And, you know, they're playing the Dolphins. Every team in that division has has stepped it up a few notches. You know, and, and even the Jets, for that matter, are on paper a better team than they than they were 
last year. Of yeah. course, you could win three games in a season, and you're still better than last year. But going into this, you know, the, the the Patriots you know, a year ago, everyone's talking about how you know the dynasty is over, and you know Brady is gone, and and you know we've seen to have uh, taken the wind out of our sails. But there's been so much that has happened in this off season that anyone sleeping on the New England Patriots is making a serious uh, error in judgment. What what's your take on that? Well, I think, you know, obviously you always have great coaching, right? And you mentioned the whole division. I mean, for 20 years we had Tom and all those other three teams had crap quarterbacks. You know, and the amount of guys that we've seen come in and out, I mean, like, we never lost in Buffalo. It was crazy. And now Buffalo's the favorite. Um, I, I wouldn't sleep on them. I mean, the defense is going to be really good. They, they upgraded a lot of skill positions on offense. We're going to be able to run the ball. And uh, they went with the right guy quarterback. I, I think it gives you the best chance to get back to run the sort of offense we've we've been used to seeing here for the last 20, 21 years. Do you chip in at all to the money that uh, Tom Brady might still be sending monthly to Mo Lewis? <laughs> that, that, but those my boy. I would never do that to Blood, though, you know? <laughs> boy, man, I, can't, I, I, I was close to that hit, too. I was about 20 feet away, man, when that happened. Wow. I could still hear the crack. I mean, wow. one of the hardest hits I've, I've seen, you know, in my time covering the league. I saw I saw an article yesterday, I believe it was also even an interview with Roger Goodell, uh, talking about how the league had a plan last year with COVID that they never really disclosed to anybody. It was a it was a ten game season that would start on Thanksgiving Day. Right. Uh, they'd push the Super Bowl to February. The CBA actually allows them to move the C, uh, the Super Bowl all the way into mid March. But there was another cool part of the story about how John Elway wanted a Broncos game moved from a Sunday to a Tuesday because the quarterbacks all had uh, uh, COVID or tested positive. But everyone on the team was wearing uh, these bracelets, these contact bracelets. And during a quarterback's meeting, all the QBs took their bracelets off and put them in the corners of the room so it appeared (laughs) as though they were farther away from each other than they were. But there were surveillance cameras that saw them. <laughs> I think I think we all find ways to fuck the system, right? You guys do it on your show. We do it on. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, no, I'm kidding. It, it, it's amazing that they were able to pull anything off last year. It was one of the it's one of the weirdest years, man. We were calling games off monitors. We didn't even travel with the team. Um, we're not traveling with the team this year. You know, there's a lot more restrictions. We got to fly commercial, but we are going to games. We are covering games, and it's it's kind of weird seeing packed stadiums. You know, we'll get used to it again. But, uh, like, 4.30 game on Sunday, you guys know Foxborough, you guys know Massachusetts, any reason to drink, whether it's St. <laughs> Patrick's Day, Marathon Monday, you don't have to twist arms. That place no. is going to be hammered. It's going to be loud. And uh, that's a great way to welcome fans back in that building. So to make you safer, you're flying commercial? To make the team, I think, safer. They want to limit as many oh. people they actually come into contact with. Um, you know, Brady talked about it, too. That team is 100% vaccinated down there at Tampa, but, you know, they did the joint practices with the uh, with the Titans, and then, you know, he's good buddies with Vrabel and Tannehill and those guys. Those guys went out to dinner, not Brady, but them, and they ended up getting, you know, the mean strand of COVID that forced them to miss 10 days. And he said, it's actually going to probably be a harder year this year than last year. Last year, I think you were able to shut everything down. Right. And you're playing in empty stadiums. You're going to hotels. You're not leaving a hotel. You're vaccinated. You can do anything you want. Now, you can leave hotels. You can go where you want. Um, eat with whoever you want. You can have family if they're vaccinated at the hotel. So you're open to having more contact with people, and we have no clue where this thing's going, honestly, right? Could go out at night yeah. with Deshaun Watson, maybe. 
Maybe not. Maybe not. Well, no, he doesn't go out to that. They come in. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. What a, what a weird case that is, man. I mean, and I mean, that's a top three player in the league that just can't play football right now. Yeah. It's going to be weird to see where that thing ends up. This is uh, Scott Zolak on the phone. You, you mentioned about uh, you know, Mac Jones being the uh, the right guy for the job. I mean, you you were a quarterback in the NFL. You know how hard it is to learn an offense. You know how hard it is to pick up everything and be ready on a, on a moment's notice. Yep. Here's a kid coming in in his rookie season, virtually untested in the in, in, in NFL football, and the team has now been you know put in his hands. I know a lot of teams will rely on a rookie quarterback, but you put yourself in his shoes. Would you have been ready and in your rookie year to have done what Mac Jones has been uh, bestowed to do? You know, it's funny. It's funny you mention that. That's a really good question. No one's ever asked me that. Um, when I was in Maryland, um, we played under Bobby Ross. We had a pro set system. You know, Boomer and all those guys started it. And we ran that split right, scat right, 868 arrows, and that's double post with a with a curl in the middle and arrows to the side. I got here in New England my rookie year. We ran the same exact offense, same terminology. Hmm. So the transition was very easy mentally you know, to get it. But now, you, you know, the biggest difference for, for rookies are speed. You know, guys move so much faster. Uh, the blitzers are so much bigger, stronger, faster. Um, the windows to throw the ball into are so much smaller and tighter. Um, but this kid, this kid's handled everything they've thrown at him. I've been at every practice. Uh, you've seen all the preseason games. Whatever they throw to him, he has handled, whether it's no huddle and whether he's running with twos, threes, the ones. Mac's done everything, gone above and beyond, uh, which has given them, I think, the comfort to say, okay, we're, we're safe and feel pretty good going with this kid right now. I want to also ask you about uh, the free agency because, you know, the Patriots have never been known to go real whole hog with the free agency. They spent $163 yeah. million dollars on, on free agents. And, it's you know, it, I mean, it's, it's every position – that they were talking about last year, they had holes in. I mean, and the the thing that 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 jumps out at me is they're not only spending that much money on free agents. There's a lot of guaranteed money on the table. It's kind of a big, risky proposition to spend that much money, kind of leveraging the future to have you know quick results now. What what's your feel? Did you think that they did the right thing by going that hard into free agency, or, or are they kind of setting themselves up to to shoot themselves in the foot? Yeah, no, I, th- I think they had to, you know, based on you know what you said. They had holes. There's a reason you did that because you, I think you aired and you had an aging roster that, you know, money was coming coming up and you couldn't keep Brady around at twenty five thirty a year and give him the type of guys he has down at Tampa like Godwin, like Mike Jim, Mike Evans, like Gronk and those guys or AP. Uh, you just couldn't do it here. Couldn't put the pieces around him. So you had to make that roster shift. And the big thing you didn't do is go out and spend $30 million a year on a quarterback, on one of those free agent guys that were out there. Uh, now, ultimately, I think they wanted Jimmy back here, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and he would have come in at 24, somewhere around there. But you could have redid that contract to make it work more around 22, 23. Um, but not having that big price of quarterback gives you the ability to go get those other guys. And if you look at the money, it's spread out pretty decently over the four to five years of the big free agents that came in, whether it's, Aguilar, the two tight ends, or you know, Kendrick Bourne, um, uh, Matt Judon. Matt Judon's going to be really good, the defensive end from Baltimore. But the money's spread out pretty good to where you're not going to get crushed year to year and say, oh, God, this one guy's making 20 25 
you know, Bill did a pretty good job keeping the money down on a yearly average. Yeah, I know you you know as well as we do that any broadcaster worth his salt puts a lot of preparation into a broadcast or or an interview. I don't do anything. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> I was just going to say, so So in preparation for this, I spent a minute on your Wikipedia page this morning. Um, Attaboy. <laughs> it says that your dad was the athletic director and the head football coach where you went to high school, and you were the water boy. Yeah, I was seven. Yeah, nineteen seventy four, and uh, we had a quarter we had a quarterback on that team named Joe Montana. Uh, How did he so turn I, out? I've been around it. I've been around it for a long time. Um, and the, the the other two guys, the famous ones that went to my high school, were Kenny Griffey and um, Stan Musial. Stan the Man Musial. So. Jeez. We have pretty good bloodlines back there in Pennsylvania. Okay. You see, the page didn't point out that you were seven years old. I thought that you were a high schooler. <laughs> Who do you think I was? I thought you were 20. <laughs> no, this is the kind of prep work we put into this <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> we, gave you hot, we gave you a full yeah, minute. 67. Jesus, Scott, what do you expect out of us? Uh, yeah, I don't, we don't have a, a lot of time left. Tom Brady just turned uh, 44 years old a month ago. You ended yeah. your uh, your football career as a quarterback at 32. We're you and I are almost about the same age now. Um, can you yeah. even think about wanting to play football at 44 years old? I mean, I just to me, absolutely not. I want I want to do less and less every single year, and I had started at the age of 40. And he must just really I, hate I, being I, home. <laughs> I know I'd, I'd play until they kicked me out. And that's kind of what happened. Like I'd still be playing right now if I could. I'm in a 52 because uh, the money's that good. And if I remember my agent, my agent after about four years said, "You can officially put your retirement papers in." I'm like, "No, I want to keep the ability. You know, you know, potentially maybe a team could, could pick me up or sign me." He's like, "But you know, you get you get your uh, vested year pension." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, once you file your paperwork for every year you in, you get about ten grand just to." Just, a, just as a thank you for, uh, for putting your retirement papers in. I'm like, why the hell did you tell me this four years ago? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it was a nice surprise to retire at 32 because then I'd get like about $100,000. But, um, man, he's amazing, though. I was texting with him yesterday. Uh, he said it feels better than ever. Fresh as lettuce is, is the term he uses. He got his knee all cleaned up. So he said, I, I'm moving better than I did for 13 years ago. And that's a scary thing, thinking what this guy could do. Good guy. Unbelievable. Scott, it's great to talk to you. We'll talk to you uh, next Thursday. In fact, uh, every Thursday throughout the season. We're looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Keep rocking it out there. I'll see you. Thanks, you bet. Scott. Scott Zolak brought to you by the Leah Auto Group. It's 825 and Rock 102. It's 827 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. You know, uh, according to his Facebook page, um, I, 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 you know, take what you want out of this. Yeah. Uh, Pat Kelly yesterday uh, announced that he has uh, just been – he has just taken the job – as the PA announcer for the Springfield Thunderbirds. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Woo. That's a big gig right there. Yeah. You got you got to go to every home game for an entire season. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's 20 minutes uh, per introduction for each player. Yeah. Wow. That's uh and we're still sitting here waiting for some success. Yeah, I know. It's uh well, good for him. That's uh, um, that's uh, that's a, that's a nice little uh, little side hustle. It's funny, you know, Scott Zolak says uh, your question about uh, what what's what's the kid's name? Uh, uh, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Yeah, your question about Mac Jones was pretty good. Uh, nobody's asked me that before. The kid was just named the starting quarterback 10 days ago. How many chances has there been for somebody to ask that question? Well, but no one's ever asked him a question about how it reflects upon his career. I mean, you always have, 
you know, a, a, a rookie quarterback, mm. you know, starting. I mean, that that sometimes happens. But yeah, you know, how does it relate to him? I mean, I, I, he, he says he would have been ready. I don't know. Hey, I, I, well, of course I he's going to say that. I wouldn't be ready. No, I'd be the last. I'd be the last guy you'd want in there. They're doing uh, NBC's got uh, Craig um, Melvin down at uh, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa with uh, tonight's big game, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I like the term "fresh as lettuce." That's what Scott said. Brady's calling himself right now, but uh, I think tonight's going to be interesting. I just hope I remember. Remember to watch it or to remember, remember, remember the it, results. That it's on. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I wanted to watch Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night games, and then completely forgot about them. And I'm sitting on the couch at like 8.30 looking for something to watch. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to say this, and you're not going to want to hear it. Mm. But if you were to set up notifications on your phone, oh, I know uh, that tells you that mm. uh, this game is about to start, and yeah. you, there are even some services that will tell you, uh, you know, what's going on in the game as it's happening, so yeah. you're always in touch I've with heard, what's going on. I've heard those kinds of things before. Yeah, you can I uh, don't very, know for certain it's true. It is totally true. Mm. In fact, I think I got a notification that tells you when a game is close at the end of the game. So if I'm missing something, I can go and. And, and check it out. Like, say, if I'm watching one game, but another mm. one is uh, happening on the other network, and it's a better game than the one I'm watching, yeah. now it's telling you, hey, the game you're watching sucks. Somebody has some obsession issues. No, it's not an obsession. I get notifications for a lot of different things, and I find that it's good for me to well, know these things in advance. I like that idea, too, Scott, saying, you know, being as close to Rhode Island as they are, they can just shoot over the... Because I guess, so like on your phone, if you had one of those betting apps on your phone, it knows where you are. And the second you drive over the state line into Rhode Island, you have access through that app to make a bet. Uh, I guess. That's that's pretty, that's I guess. pretty wild. Yeah, Imagine I, like uh, the, the Connecticut, Connecticut, just say Connecticut has it, and they probably will before we do. As uh, soon as you get to bookends. You can place a bet. Yeah. I don't know the uh, if the one arm bandit is still the same yeah. thing and bookends. I also don't know if the over and under is the same <laughs> as the top and the bottom. We got news next to Rock 102. 835 Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Table and Vine for the best deals in town and expert advice on Table and Vine, Riverdale Street, West Springfield, or at tableandvine.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Max. I have a special community announcement. The <laughs> Floyd Patterson concert scheduled for tonight will be held inside of a tent at Forest Park due to thunderstorms expected in the region because a tent is the safest place to be during a thunderstorm. Well, if you can't be atop of a flagpole, the tent's the second best place. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Floyd is in such great shape. He's so powerful. That uh, you know, uh, he is a handsome man. Oh, he way. is a damn handsome man. Let your thunderbolts just bounce right off his chest. I wouldn't worry yeah. about it at all. It's one of these things where you know um, the concerts, especially the Thursday night ones, whether it's uh, at Court Square or at Forest Park, um, have had to be canceled so often this season because of rain. Although, ironically, two weeks ago I believe it was the uh, trailer trash show at Forest Park was canceled. That was due to the heat. Because it was such a hot and humid day that and day. And that band is on fire anyway. Yes, so that's, that's you're right about they that. They don't want to get that heat exhaustion. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so, I mean, it's a shame. It took um, 
until after Labor Day to figure out a way to have an alternative place to play in the event that it rains. So, you know, if it does, I'm, you'll still be able to see Floyd play, which is good because you can almost never see him any. Floyd's like the solo version of Trailer Trash, <laughs> but it's always fun to see him. I mean, you, you go places you don't even expect to see him at, and he's playing. I saw him a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it was at the Delaney House. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know he was there. Yeah. And he just popped up, and uh, yep. I'm like, oh, it's that guy that does the songs. Yeah. I, I then- did the same thing at uh, <laughs> Wilbraham Country Club. Yeah, the yeah. guy who does the songs. He just pops up out yeah. of nowhere. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, let me. Uh, let I got me- my guitar. I'm going to be a crooner right now. Yeah. I'm going to sing Stand By Me, and I'm going to sing all kinds of other good yeah, stuff. Slap the living crap out of his bass, too. Now, is the tent for Floyd, or is it big enough to include the audience? It's for the audience as well. Oh, okay. It's, it's basically tent. a wedding tent that they yeah. have set up outside of the Barney estate. All right. But, uh, again, I don't know if, how safe that is to be under a tent during a thunderstorm. Uh, when when's anything ever happened? Bad. I yeah. can't think of any, any time ever no. that, that that's happened. A uh, Springfield man was arrested in connection with a stabbing on Union Street Wednesday morning. According to the department's spokesperson, Ryan Walsh, at around 8.55 a.m., he said, my best friend's sister's boyfriend's girlfriend heard from this guy who's dating this girl. Officers were called to the 200 block of Union Street for a report of a stabbing. I guess it's pretty serious. It sounds it. Officers arrested the suspect, 30-year-old Lamar James of High Street, and charged him with assault and battery with a dangerous weapon causing serious bodily injury and breaking and entering. The victim is listed in stable condition. I want to know what the breaking and entering part is. Yeah, they're not... Uh... They're not getting given any information. I, I believe it's when they enter the house unlawfully. Well, we don't even know that it was in a house. Well, That's the, the, in point. the building. We don't know it was a building. Could have stabbed him out on the street. Officially, the breaking and entering part. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Officials at the Roderick Ireland Courthouse are breaking ranks with the Mass Trial Court over returning to the building after a two-week shutdown prompted by a pervasive mold outbreak. State officials and said contractors have been working furiously to combat the mold, clean and dehumidify the building, and analyze the air quality and other environmental benchmarks. They hosted a virtual town hall session for employees and other stakeholders on Wednesday morning, then later issued a report. Mm, Stakes. I love holding stakes. Both underwhelmed uh, Hamden District Attorney Anthony Galuni and other department uh, heads. Uh, the courthouse is ex- was set to reopen this morning, but Galuni said he will not send his staff back full-time until he obtains an independent assessment confirming the safety of the building. Yeah, neither will uh, neither will Cheryl Rivera, Cheryl Co- uh, Coakley Rivera, the Register of Deeds. Uh, there's a number of other departments that are going to go back because they're chicken. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't want to say no, um, which is a shame because I, I and I'm joking about the chicken part. But it would be nice is if there was enough solidarity there to really force the trial court to to do something more than just another report. Because even even Anthony Galuni is saying, look, and Judge Weiner that we were talking about the other day is is also in on this and she's saying no these are the kinds of things we need to see and have done before we come back and none of those things have been done by the trial court see but i don't know what else there is to do i mean you you, you mentioned uh, the other day about an injunction you know whether that would be uh you know helpful or not and maybe it would but it's it's like you know the everyone in the state now understands that there's a problem and there is dissension amongst the people who work there about whether or not it's safe to work there mm-hmm yeah. Now that it's out and people are aware of the problem, 
what more else is there to do? To not go in there and say, we're not going back to work until you give us a place, you know, obviously a temporary place until we can either fix this or tear it down and build a new one. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that they would be able to indefinitely just suspend all court activity, but, uh, but they need a change. They need to go somewhere else. And, and you, and you force the trial court's hand. I don't know what they're going to do or how they would fix it, but. The longer you just keep going back to work and accepting their word for it, yeah, I know. Uh, the I less likely you are what? to get a, re- a resolution. What do we want? Mold-free buildings. When do we want them? 25 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, agency that certifies and disciplines all police officers in Utah has banned sexting or masturbation while on duty. Son of a bitch. What's the point of even being a cop anymore? The issue has arisen in recent cases of officer discipline where the Utah Peace Officer Standards and Training Council found there weren't rules explicitly forbidding the practice. Uh, the local TV station out there first reported on the proposed rule in June. You would think common sense would rule the day, but unfortunately that's not the case. Park City Police Chief Wade Carpenter, who chairs the Post Council, uh, in a unanimous vote, the council approved the guidelines post-executive director Major Scott Stevenson described as doing stuff you shouldn't be doing on on duty at taxpayer expense. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, uh, the policies that I worked under when I was doing the job in Hamden also didn't explicitly state that. It didn't explicitly state that I was not allowed to go into a retail establishment and take money out of the register. It's not like they can put every behavior in a policy to say you can't do this while you're on duty. (laughs) Certain things, I imagine, are expected that you're not going to sext or masturbate in a cruiser. Were you going to the uh, the village, Martin, taking money out of their their registers? It wasn't against policy. Not that I read. I don't think they like that. I could just go and do what I want. Yeah. The the discussion brought some nervous laughter from some in the council chambers. It's kind of like the day they talked about sex and health class when you were in middle school. Oh, yeah. You did nothing but giggle. Yeah, but nobody said anything until like the very end. Mm. You know, he said, the health teacher says penis, and then you get. (laughs) So, sexting. So, my guess is. Some cop must have gotten caught sexting Red and masturbating yeah. in, in his cruiser on duty. And, you know, the the town, the department may not have been able to discipline him. Although, ironically, I would think this would be conduct unbecoming of an officer. Um, and, and that alone would cover discipline for that kind of activity yeah you hate to see a guy have his whole career slip through his fingers yeah yeah, that's what i'm talking about so so some reporter goes and looks at the policy and says hey there's nothing written here that says they can't masturbate (laughs) and you can't you can't say dirty things either (laughs) you know beautiful if sexy was a crime you'd be guilty as charged (laughs) Yeah. yeah did i tell you that i live next door to Dunkin' Donuts, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Easy access. Okay. All right, settle down, yeah. Tiger. How about you cock my gun? Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, what All else right. we got? See, the, there you go again, Steve. You did it again. What do you mean? Jumped over that line. Right, because I mentioned, uh, hey, we should take an eight-year-old to bookends. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never suggested we. <laughs> you said you. <laughs> Oh, he stands alone on that hill. <laughs> anyway, Judy Matt is here anyway, so we got to uh, yeah, so clean it up for crying out loud. Pioneer Valley forecast today. 
is going to be uh, <laughs> cloudy with uh, thunderstorms uh, throughout the day. High of 71 tomorrow. Sunny with a high of 74. It is 70 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 849 and Green Day at Rock 102. You know, for as crappy as this summer has been and for the number of things that have been rained out, uh, and as bad as today is also, the weekend is supposed to be beautiful, including tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow happens to be a pretty big event with the uh, Spirit of Springfield. And in the studio with us right now to talk about it is uh, Judy Matz. Good to see you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How have you been? I've been fine. No complaints. Just a lot of work, like the floodgates opened mm. as soon as everything started coming back online, you know. So we had to do three events in two months and very little advanced time for planning. I know? thought you were talking about the real floodgates because we've had to open them several times this summer. <laughs> just dry, I know. Just to dry out. Unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, gee, unfortunately. But not tomorrow night. Tell us what's going on uh, down at Riverfront Park tomorrow night. Well, uh, it's a pretty big deal. Um, I think it's one of the best things that we, we will ever have done, the Spirit of Springfield. It's um, We're once again honoring those that died uh, 20 years ago on 9-11, and we have a wonderful program planned down by the monument that we uh, had uh, unveiled last year. And we have some beautiful videos. Um, President um, Bush sent a video for to us to be played on a 30-foot screen that Andy Jensen from JX2 Productions donating every just so you know everybody is donating your services for this and um, it's a video that can be shown once and only once um, we've got um, uh, armed services remembrance firefighters remembrance police officers and EMTs and then we had um, memories and remembrances that were sent to us from Andrew Card from the president from Brad Blakeman, who, uh, who was an assistant to George Bush, and um, Ed Setnar, who was the superintendent of police and public safety at the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, and our very own John O'Brien is going to be reading his comments. Um, Ken Quick, who was commanding officer of the New York City Police Department, he sent us a remembrance, Joe Jurgens, fire chief in uh, New York City, and Jan Seidler Ramirez, who is the um, the executive vice president of uh, the 9/11 Memorial in New York, they have done they've they've done us proud. You will when you see them and hear them, you'll see that they've done us proud in the remembrances. The, the then, uh, aside aside from the readings, uh, you've also gotten what's expected in this ceremony. Some of which would be is going to be very impressive. And whether or not you're actually in Riverfront Park. As opposed to near it, you will probably be able to see. Uh, you're going to have the rollout of emergency vehicles coming across the uh, across the Memorial Bridge, yep. and then there's also a flyover from the uh, from the 104th over in Westfield. Well, we have um, yes, that's the ceremonial part when we post the colors and then every the formalities of the program mm -hmm. and the national anthem and the pledge and the blessing of the monument. Then when we ring the fire bell. There's going to be a rollout of um, of emergency vehicles from, uh, including, uh, of course, the Springfield Police Department, Chicopee, Hamden County Sheriff's Department, West Springfield State Police, and they are going to be on motorcycles and they're going to escort our uh, fire truck and p police vehicles and uh, AMR vehicles. That's going to come over the bridge and they're having a drone f um, film this and it's going to be thrown on that. Um, 30-foot screen oh, that's so cool. people will be asked to stand if they wish 
to see it come over the bridge, but you can also see it on the screen. And then we're going to have a, a tribute um, that's going to be, all the names are going to be up on the screen, and two people are going to sing for us. One is Vanessa Ford. She's going to sing Hero, and then Joe Broadnax is going to sing You Raise Me Up. So it is very, very going to be a very moving ceremony, and I think justifiably so. I think it's going to be. And the and the important thing, and we talked about this just uh, before we went on, it's it's a free event. There's there's no Thank there's, you. there's no tickets. There's no uh, you don't have to pay for anything. No. And it all starts at six o'clock. And and for those who have not seen uh, what's happened at uh, at Riverfront Park with all of its upgrades or the memorial. This would be a great chance to do it because I mean they really have done a beautiful job making that oh. uh, that park. Uh, and I'd like again. to say that the Springfield Parking Authority, from the, the 91 South Garage, they have made it free from 5:30 on, so you can park there free, and it's just a a minute walk to the uh, where the ceremony is going to be. So you know, there's actually uh, on Mass Live today uh, for the other towns and and cities. There's a full listing in Western Massachusetts of towns that that got pieces yep. from the world trade center and and i know um for instance i know enfield got one but mm-hmm. there's a lot of other towns in western mass that did and they have created uh memorials in their towns but right. not necessarily events quite like this one uh tomorrow night here in springfield um oh boy i had a question i wanted to ask and now it's just completely left my brain well you know we have one of the uh, artifacts as we call it and um we did a lot to raise awareness about it, and then we got different people to design the monument, and then we did a fundraising effort for 350000 to build that. So uh, people are doing wonderful ceremonies that just people have to remember. It's just most communities don't have an entity like us that does events, and that's why we have the ability and we can you know, go out and raise the funds and so forth to put something like this together. So it is... Um, it's we're just so pleased that we can do it we want everyone to come down it's free to the public and bring a, a lawn chair or a blanket if you like even bring a picnic if you want you know it's at six o'clock right is that six when o'clock thank you for saying starts? that yeah and let's and let's talk about uh you know tony signoli is your master of ceremonies i mean you're talking oh, about is he well that's what it says right here <laughs> it says tony signoli <laughs> we couldn't do it without anthony <laughs> we just really couldn't do do it i was brought up there's no Tonys in my life. They're all Anthony's, oh, you know. Well. But Anth- anyway, Anthony um, is the heart of this. He and the Spirit of Springfield really worked very hard to make it happen. Um, but um, he's done a great job. <laughs> I know. I remember the question now. Is the 30-foot screen always there? Can I go there in the afternoon and watch my stories? No. As a matter of fact, Andy Johnson, who owns the screen, he, he's doing all the work. I mean, he's going to be there all day tomorrow, and he's probably going to leave at 1 o'clock in the morning setting this up and doing the sound checks and uh, so forth. Everybody's been wonderful. Amtrak is donating their time for the crossing, so it'll be safe. You know, everybody's doing their part. Um, you know, um, Flowers Flowers is doing the flowers for me. I have Dottie Lordy and her husband donating money toward the toward some of the different things. Everybody wants to help um, we're giving out these beautiful pins when people come, and American Medical Response donated the pins. So everybody, and uh, Mercy Hospital's donating the printing on the beautiful program uh, for us, as well as the invitation we sent out. Uh, it's just, once again, it's free to the public. It's, uh, free it's, to the it's, public. Thank you for the invite, by the way, to yep. participate. Yep. Uh, and, and once again, Judy Matt events 
almost always get great weather. I'm so, so nervous when he says that. <laughs> <laughs> so tomorrow's you don't, you don't want a Judy Matt cloudburst in the no. middle of this. That's for damn sure. Hey, can I can I ask you without it sounding uh, wrong? But I, I I I we saw the story the day after uh, the pancake breakfast. Do, that the the turnout was not quite what it has been in previous right. years. Correct. Do you think it, it's a combination of COVID and moving it to a, a, another? What was it? August, right? Um, right. To moving right. it to another month Absolutely. and COVID. There's there's a, three variables here. We moved it. It's always the right of spring in May. Okay, it's mm. cool. People enjoy coming out. Uh, number two. Uh, we always send out 65,000 breakfast tickets to the students in Hamden County. That's like our biggest marketing tool. They weren't in session. So the, uh, so the city yeah, of Springfield yep. did robocalls for all the Springfield st- students. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I just think COVID was starting to resurface. But I must also say I didn't see a, one, one mask down there. Yeah. And we had them available. And the table so long. That you didn't, you could have socially distanced, right. you know. But I think it's changing the time. People are, you know, creatures of habit. They're used to doing this in May, and uh, we had this discussion in my board yesterday. But I was just so happy we were able to do it, and those that wanted to come came. But I really think it's, you know, a combination of all of. So you won't so- be doing bright nights in April this year. Ah, I don't it. know. <laughs> what about the 4th of July in November? No, I'm glad you said that because the 4th of July was the single biggest 4th of July we ever had. That's cool. That's great. Yeah, it was It was a good time out there. So your your next events after this are the Bright Nights Ball on November 13th and then Bright Nights, which opens up on November 24th. Which you'll Thank start you. putting up this afternoon. Oh, actually, last week we started setting it up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we have already, we're doing the tasting, getting ready for the ball. And, You're doing um, the ball tasting already? Uh, no, it's coming up, and oh. uh, but I, we can't do it without Bax, mm. and I'm going to ensure that he can come that day. But no, I met with the Marriott, excuse me, MGM people, and we went over all the uh, opportunities, but the whole theme is going to be a cherry blossoms, like a new beginning. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Well. Any day, any day that there's ball tasting, I'm sure Bax can come. I, I will be there, and I will sit next to Tony Signoli, and we will rub elbows during the entire thing. <laughs> Always, hope that's all. That's it. Judy, it's good to see you. Best of luck uh, this weekend. Thank you. Absolutely. It's uh, 